Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Water Trio Astrology Podcast. We are back to bring you all the astro insights for the two-week period starting Monday, November 9th. I'm here with my dear friends, Alicia Youssef and Cassandra Tyndall. Hey, gals. Hey. Hey, Kel. Hey, Cass. How, how are you both doing? Excited for this week or this fortnight, to be honest. It feels yeah. like things are finally lifting in this period of time a bit. Yeah. Bit of the, the light at the end of the tunnel is almost like touchable. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we're not out of the tunnel yet, but at least we can see the light now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although I think we've been teasing the listeners with the light at the end of the tunnel for, for months now. I mean, but that's what I was now we can touch it. Yeah. <laughs> 2020 will come to an end eventually. <laughs> Um, so we've got a lot. This is our new moon in Scorpio show. So we're talking about that. We've got three planets changing signs, which I think we're going to start with. And of course the planet, uh, that we've all been talking a lot about and thinking about Mars will end its retrograde in this two week period. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, but if we start uh, with a little bit of chronological order, we're going to kick off with planets changing signs, uh, looking at the first one to do that, because uh, there are three planets changing signs in this two-week period, which is quite a lot. So Mercury's first cab off the rank there, moving back into Scorpio Tuesday, November 10th, if you're in the US and Canada, and that will be Wednesday, November 11th, if you're in Australia. Leash, tell us a few things about this. Yeah, well, look, it's not new, um, but it's getting out of the cardinal crunch, really. It's that diving back in, Mercury heading back into the depths of Scorpio. So getting away from Saturn is a really mm. good thing. And the heaviness uh, yes, of- I vote for that. I vote for Mercury <laughs> to not be square Saturn. <laughs> yeah. So just getting away from that crazy and hullabaloo and just the heaviness and the melancholy of mind. The I don't know if, if the listeners have been relating. I have to just the overthinking, overanalyzing that can happen with Mercury in, in square Saturn. But there is that sense now of getting deep, getting underneath and getting back in touch with our emotions again and our feeling life and and working out, you know, it's not new territory. It's what we've been going back over. But now that Mercury is direct, it's like, okay, where is it in this area of my chart that I can get the messages from? Where can I get into the depths of Scorpio? And I don't know, there's this feeling of understanding new things, insights bubbling up from the depths of what was going on potentially three or four weeks ago and getting new and interesting realizations for that. Bless you, Kel. Thank you. Um, sorry. <laughs> And it is heading for the opposition with Uranus during this time. So that will definitely be that bright sparks of, of new insight dropping in. But I don't know. It's just anything getting out of the cardinal signs right now is a really good thing. Um, and I think when Mercury moves into Scorpio, it leaves only poor Venus in there on her own for a while. And at least yes. she's got a bit of dignity and strength in there. So, yeah, what are you guys thinking about this? Yeah, I think like we're moving from that really slow, drawn out Mercury Saturn and then all those mercurial situations will likely speed up now that it's interacting with Uranus. So we're going back from the, the Uranus opposition, the Saturn square now back to the Uranus opposition. So it's like this unearthing of the stuff maybe from as far back as early September even or was it late September? Yeah, late September, early October. So 
Yeah, I think like there will be, you know, some surprises this week for sure, you know, but there might be a little bit of digging and things like that that have to come before that. So, yeah, it's sort of like this old chestnut, Mercury and Scorpio, that the digging, the probing and, and the feeling, you know. So maybe last week has brought something to, to a head or made something very clear and now it's like processing it. And that's what I often find with Mercury and Scorpio. It's like processing, you know, and the mind and the feelings and how do you integrate those two things because often when we do have you know, difficulties in our life, it is trying to find that um, head and heart um, connection and what the heart says and what the mind says can sometimes not always agree with each other. And when Mercury's in Scorpio, we're trying to, um, I guess, mesh them together in some way that makes sense when feelings don't make sense. And then, of course, Mercury doesn't like things that don't make sense. So it can be this kind of, you know, interesting um and revelatory. And I think, mm. you know, as you mentioned, Leish, once, once Uranus gets, sorry, Mercury gets back in range with Uranus, and then that will be maybe some of the beautiful insights and those new perspectives and new awarenesses that we've been sort of, you know, processing for the third time now. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's going to be, um, you know, Mercury and Uranus do function fairly well together, um, so I think it can help speed things up that may have been a little bit slow. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I think Mercury could do with a little bit of pace because it has been really sluggish all through October, mm. really. Like it's been in Scorpio and then stationing and going retrograde and slowing down and going backwards. And so, yeah, one of the things that I look forward to is sort of that cleanup process that happens post-Mercury retrograde where everything that's been weighing on your mind or tugging at your heart over the last kind of four to six weeks, it starts to come together or it starts to be, either it makes sense or it's like, oh, this is the the solve for, the, for that problem or I figured out the strategy to work through that situation. One of the other things I think about with Mercury coming back into Scorpio is that Mercury will now be ruled by Mars again. Mm -hmm. And there is a little bit of, you know, that can go both ways. It can be good in the sense that it can add more of a, a direct or a specificity to our thoughts. You know, it's like honing in on the heart of the problem. Of course, it can create, in its worst combination, it can create like an attack or a, you know, a sharpness to words or conversation, um, like the sting being really, you know, intense. I like, though, that this time while Mercury is moving through Scorpio, which will be the rest of the month, so starting November 10th or 11th for the rest of November into early early December even, mm. Mars is going to station direct. And so that kind of reiterates that feeling of cleaning up the mess or clarifying something that's been stuck inside you or uh, like a, a negotiation that's been kind of stalled. There is this real sense of Mercury in the, the shadow period doing its cleanup and then Mars stationing direct the ruler of Mercury. It's like, right, let's bring this to a resolution or let's come to yeah. the point we've been dancing around or we just that we've been confused by. Now, now we kind of have a sense of, oh, this is what we need or this is that feeling or this is that insight that I need to now either make a choice or make a decision or feel like I've come to that like felt place inside that now I can do something. So yeah. I think, you know, there's a lot of layers to it, which is very typical of a planet going into Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, one of the things you were saying there, Kel, um, reminded me of what we used to refer to, you know, one of my grandmothers, she had quite the acid tongue. And so, so you know, Mercury going into Scorpio and then activated by Mars, who's stationing direct, it might give you the opportunity to say a few things that have been, you know, like brewing or fermenting under those Scorpio vibes. And so it's almost like, boom, there you say those things that, you know, you've maybe not the Mercury and Libra would not normally say. Yes. Actually, I've got a friend with Mercury and Scorpio who can drop bombs that are so subtle <laughs> others won't be able to pick it up. Yeah, people don't even realise <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> and, like, people, like, yeah, some people will go <gasps> and then laugh and everyone else is like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that. So this Mercury moving into Scorpio kind of segues into the Mars station direct, right? Yeah. Uh, which is coming up November 13. Uh, it'll be the 14th if you're in Australia. Mars will station direct, end its retrograde at 15 Aries. Who's excited about that? <laughs> Me. <laughs> Who's not? <laughs> I mean, everybody, but probably especially people like Leish. <laughs> yeah, with, those with, of us with um, air, a moon-ruled chart, uh, Mars-ruled charts even. God, can you tell Mercury's still just... Retro as we're recording. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Um, But, yeah, there's just that feeling of I think, you know, the 13th, 14th will be tricky because, of course, this is the stationing and this is where Mars does not like to be held in place. So this is literally it's like backed as far backwards as it can. It's kind of crashed into something and now it's like, right, you know, how am I going to go forward? Where am I going to go from here? But it's, it's got free range to go forward now. Even as it moves forward, it will not meet Saturn again until it gets into Taurus next year. So it's almost like the barriers that it had when it came through these parts of Aries last, like back in September, are gone. And so it's this sense of, okay, once the speed starts coming up again, it can really start going forward and going direct and getting back into that territory that Mars likes to be, the thrust, the dynamic, the excitement and the, the just the, 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 I don't know, just um, Mars in Aries just has such a honest, direct style and there's just this ability to just tell it like it is, move forward and assert yourself at this period of time. And it's had the retrograde period to mature, to reflect, to think, especially that area of your chart this has been going forward for. And now it's that time to go, you know what? Actually, I'm allowed to assert myself in this place. I'm allowed to take my power back in that place, but I'm not going to do it from a place of anger. I'm going to do it from a place of responding and and thoughtfulness um, as much as Mars and Aries can be like that. Um, But yeah, (laughs) what about you girls? What's your thoughts on this? I mean, I am looking forward to it as well because Mars, I mean, anytime we have one of the quicker moving planets of Mercury, Venus or Mars, anytime they're going retrograde, there is this sense of like interference or disruption or delay around some of those kind of daily nitty gritty parts of life. And, you know, if you're wondering, you know, how might this Mars Aries relate to you personally, definitely have a look, um, or the Mars retro and Aries, I should say, definitely have a look and see where Aries is in your birth chart and just see if the topics of that Aries house have been, you know, delayed or you've had to like really just go over and go over and go over. And uh, one of the things I like is that when a planet comes out of that station direct, 
there is this feeling of like second chances, you know, or going back to maybe missed opportunities to have another go. I do think the station direct can be aggravating or inflaming, if you like, in that Mm. sense. It's like it's a real concentration of energy. For the whole month of November, Mars is just sitting at 15, 16 degrees of Aries. Mm -hmm. It's really not moving. And I think there are going to be moments in the month, maybe personally or collective, where there is this sense of, you know, that dry kindling just catches the right breeze or the sunlight coming through a piece of glass, you know, creates a flame. And so there will be these sort of moments of maybe frenzied activity or, you know, flurry of interaction or even that heightened sense of tension. But it feels a bit like the burning fire that purifies. So the idea of maybe needing to grapple with something to go through a cleansing or a transformational process just because of the intensity of Mars, the fiery red planet, in a fire sign stationing direct. But I like the point you were saying, Leish, about you know, when Mars now moves forward through Aries, you know, because I'm definitely thinking from the 13th or 14th, you know, we've really got six, maybe seven weeks where Mars is now direct in Aries. And that's what I mean by second chances. The stuff that you've been trying to do since late July, early August, Mars is now moving. And as you say, unimpeded, he's not going to square Saturn or Jupiter. He's going to be able to get the shit done that he was trying to get done earlier in the year and kept running into blocks or, you know, um, delays. And so that's where I feel like once Mars does get moving, which will probably be honestly later in November rather than right on the station day, but the Mm. station day is the pivot day. It's like where we go Mm. from looking back or being stuck to actually starting to look forward and to see you're almost trying to plot out the pathway, even if you don't know exactly how to get there. You're like, oh, but I could make it work if I go like this kind of thing. So it's definitely a positive, even if in the short term it just feels more intense, I think. Yeah. And it's ruling so much at the moment as well. Like all the planets that are in Scorpio, the Scorpio new moon that we're about to talk about, it's like even just that there's this kind of freshness and new start. So it's like, okay, at least it's moving direct now. You know, yes. it's not flavoring everything with this held back or backwards energy. Yeah. Sorry, Cass, what are your thoughts? I just Yeah, no, we're like, we're so excited Very about Mars this. Very style. It's the biggest news of November, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, I think this is definitely bringing um, to a crescendo or conclusion the one of the signature aspects of 2020. Um, I mean, this week, I think, is so pivotal for mm. the astrology of 2020 o- overall and um, I was actually talking to a family member this afternoon and um, I was like, well, you know, has there really been anybody who's not been affected in some capacity by what 2020's brought? And, you know, obviously there's extreme uh, cases and, of course, just the impacts of the the knock-on effect of everything that's happened. And so I think with um, Mars only moving two degrees this month, there is going to be in my opinion, massive frustration because Aries, Mars and Aries wants to go gangbusters like now, yesterday, like already, but not yet. So there's this real yes, but not yet type of vibe to it, which as you said, Kel, the intensity um, around that. And I really think this is the time, you know, as we are approaching the the end of the tunnel of 2020 to really like, okay, what was 2020 about for me and what are my priorities now compared to what they might have been back in January, you know, when we were like, 
you think about those uh, posts on Facebook or Instagram, whatever it was going to be, yeah, 2020 is going to be like my year and new decade and all of that. And yeah, it's definitely been fresh, but I don't think it was in the way that we all anticipated. And <laughs> I think... Uh, That's the understatement of the year, case. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, the idea of if your priorities haven't shifted to some extent, are you even living, you know? And I think the this month is the time to really sort out what they are mm. and sharpen that sword. Um, me and my medieval references again, but, you know, sharpen that sword. <laughs> sharpen that sword and, like, you know, aim. Um, yeah. At, at 2021, you know, I know in, you know, my um, membership, um, the Golden Circle, I often describe the Mars this Mars cycle as, you know, that Abraham Lincoln quote, give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend four sharpening the axe. So now we've sharpened in the retrograde mm. and now it's sort of time to get to work and chop that tree down, you know, whatever that means in your life. And this is the month to really do that because, as you said, Leash, we're not really impeded by the other Capricorn stuff. Mm. You know, we've got square to Pluto on the 23rd just prior to uh, Christmas Day, but we're pretty much got that free reign and you can either do what you've always done or you can, you know, try a different approach or try a different angle and see where that lands you as we, you know, get out of this jubilously, you know, fantastic year. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, um, I think this is a very good month for doing that real, like, what am I going to cut away Um, and you know, not only cut away from me, but, you know, have you ever gone like bushwhacking where you're just like got that big stick and you're Love like, it. you know. Or machete. Kind of if, you were, if you were a child with my father, it'd be darn machete. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like, you yeah. know, and you're, you're like bushwhacking a path for yourself, but mm-hmm. also like bashing the, the bush so you get rid of the snakes. So, um, you know, this is the month to really, you know, bushwhack your path um, for 2021. That's, that's my take on <laughs> That is on such an Aussie phrase <laughs> to go bushwhacking. <laughs> I know. I'm just not really sure how I would translate that, but I'm sure you get the gist. And, yeah, yeah we just go walking through the bush, like, come at me snakes. <laughs> well, I yeah, came, like, <laughs> I mean, this is so reminding me of my childhood because we lived very close to like a nature reserve, a national park, and we would go walking and there's the main Same fire here. trail, yeah, that you could go down, but there's all the side trails. And when you go on a side trail, sometimes you're no longer on the side trail. You're just, <laughs> you're just free-forming it, you know, in the bush. And uh, I mean, that's, that's Aussie childhood right there, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it's hilarious. You and I grew up on opposite sides of the same valley and we didn't even know each other. I know. That's like the same. <laughs> Both hanging out yes, in the same bush probably. In the same bush, totally. Yeah. Not when the bushfire season was on, but, you know, obviously other times. No. Um, <laughs> any hurdles? That's, that's a bit of Australia for everybody. Yeah, you go walk Australia. in the park and people freak out about the snakes. Oh, it's just the red belly black snake. They eat the juvenile brown snakes. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> just don't step and on the it. And toads. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, this is hilarious also that we're talking about poisonous animals with Mars because, mm-hmm. you know, the sharpness. And, and Australia really does have like seven out of the most deadly, most seven out of the ten most deadly animals in the world, I think Australia has, between our jellyfish, our spiders and our snakes. <laughs> um, oh, this is really fun. I like what this. about them dingoes? <laughs> Pardon? The dingoes. What about them dingoes? Oh, the dingoes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god, that dingo took my baby. The, the, the line from our childhood. Um, this is very Australiana. Um, Australia, the, the Federation chart of Australia does have an Aries rising, so maybe mm-hmm. we're picking up on that Aries. Yep. Uh, but Cass, I loved the points that you were making about you know, what are you going to chop down? What are you actually going to do with the changes, like with all the stuff that 2020 has brought out, you know, internally or externally, what substantial refocus um, or restructuring or chopping down are you going to do heading into 2021? So that 2021 is ideally and hopefully a place that is lived maybe more authentically. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I really feel that Mercury going from Uranus, Saturn, Uranus, this Mars station, Jupiter, Pluto, it really is that kind of turning point where, you Mm. you know, it's really providing some very rich astrological territory to really resharpen, refocus, recalibrate and, you know, forward march, as they say. So, yeah, I know I'm doing a lot of that myself and a lot of my clients have been as well. So, it's like, yeah, I want to go forward, but I need to do it in a way that is, you know, honoring all that I've learned this year rather than just being the the Mars, just go, you know, the Aries is going for it without um, thinking it through. So it's a little bit more different this time, I think. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So that's the big news of November, Mars Station Direct. And we could honestly spend the next two hours just like going into all the nuances of that. Uh, but there are other things coming up in this two-week time frame that we want to touch on. And the next one, I think, is the new moon in Scorpio. Scorpio. Sure. Yeah, sure. Cass, do you want to go header on that one? Oh, okay. I thought my resident Scorpio might like to, like, take the lead on that, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so this uh, lunation is 23 degrees of Scorpio, um, and that happens on the 15th of uh, the month everywhere so we're all on the same page with that so this is a mars ruled lunation with mars uh, freshly direct um and this one just makes a very gentle sextile to jupiter so it is sort of smiling upon a benefic which is you know take what you can get it's 2020 so (laughs) i think this is a really um i guess on the back of much of what i kind of mentioned with mars this is really our last lunation before eclipse season. So this is a mm. really great one for going that deep within and all the Scorpio vibes that we've kind of really already um, mentioned and, you know, going in deep, the intention setting that can also lead to benefit, you know, because Jupiter is really, you know, on its last legs right now. It's sort of ending its time in uh, Capricorn. So there is this sense of real endings and completions are coming, but there's still just a little bit of a uh, little bit of scorpionic work to get through, um, and you know all of that jazz. So I think this will be a really lovely lunation to maybe like make the most of from you know if you're into you know intention setting or ritual or anything because it's going to really be. I think we've got like maybe one lunation this year that's non eclipse to go. Maybe mm-hmm. just from the top of my head. No, and the this rest is the of last them. one before you oh, we- start. Because the next yeah, one is the. Yeah, but I think. Isn't there one at yeah, the very we- end of December? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Ephemeris yes. Consulting. Oh, oh, no, you're right. Sorry, I thought yeah. you meant we've got one more before the eclipses start. Well, that's no. true too. But this will be basically we've got this lunation, then two eclipses, and then one more lunation for the year. So. 
you know, this is kind of like almost the end. So, again, the light at the end of the tunnel thing. But that Scorpio new moon is very sort of, you know, just basic meanings, very moody, very, you know, introverted, very like I think maybe maybe it was our first astrology teacher that used to say about Scorpio, they're the ones that will go there. Like they will talk about the things that where angels fear to tread and all of that. So, you know, this can be like a, a lunation that can really promote some depth and honesty as well, but it's the depth and honesty that you can only get from looking inside and looking within. So, yeah, I think this is going to be um, – you know, I'm looking forward to this one, actually. I think it'll be really nice just to have a little bit of a smile from Jupiter, even if he's a little bit cranky right now, but it's okay. Yeah. What about, I'm <laughs> what looking about forward you to girls? this new moon too. I think for all mm. the reasons you've said, Cass, that it does make a sextile to a benefic and take what we can get. 2020 has taught all of us astrologers not to be picky about perfect <laughs> planets. And because, as we were saying before, that this um, new moon is ruled by Mars, which is just station direct. So there is this real mm. sense of like, there's a lot of pent up or built up energy, you know, like when you've had a few days off work and you do actually feel recharged and you come back and you smash out like the most massive day that's really productive because everything has just been able to like get sorted inside you, it feels a little bit like that's what this new moon is, like that some of us are going to come out of the gate and just all guns blazing, bold, courageous, decisive, maybe strategic as well because I think the Scorpio-Aries mm. blend, like the Aries is the doing of the thing but the Scorpio is the plan or the strategy or the preparation mm. that makes the action effective and successful. And so that combination, you know, I, I do really like this new moon. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm on the bandwagon with you, Cass. What about you, Leish? <laughs> Um, yeah, look, I like it too. Hey, anything Scorpio, but I, my sense of it is it's like, okay, scuba diving. If you're coming up from a depth, you have to have what they call a safety stop at, at approximately five meters and yep. you sit there and wait for three minutes because of the pressure that's been happening underneath you, the oxygen might form bubbles, the nitrogen might form bubbles in the blood and give you the bands. So there is this sense of it's been such an intense year and we are swimming up towards the light and this new moon can show us where that light is, but there's still that pause, that safety stop that we need to take to be able to process everything that's been happening you know so the nitrogen can go back into the cells in the body the same way as the emotions of this year can be processed through our bodies as well and through our all throughout us so um I do love that this new moon is happening in a week where so much new and freshness is going on and it feels like it's going to bring all parts of us into a new place so it's not just that Aries parts it's not just our um Scorpio parts, it's, it's, yeah, the moon is bringing that into, into that place too. So I do, you know, I don't know, there is that sextile to Jupiter, but Jupiter's just separated from a conjunction with Pluto. So it just feels like there's been so much sediment stirred that we're mm. taking a safety stop to wait to see, okay, when this clears, where do I want to come up? Because I don't want to come up underneath a speedboat or I don't want to come up, you know, in a seaweed patch. I want to come up where it's clear and where I can see easily. So, yeah, that's my take on it anyway. But I love all the points that you both made. Love it. Love it. So that's the new moon in Scorpio. Bring it on. Mm -hmm. 
23 degrees. Oh, yeah. no, it's November 15 in Australia as well, so all Everywhere. on Sunday, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Fabo. Um, okay, so on that exciting note, now we kind of skip ahead to November 21st where we have two planets changing signs. Yeah. Sun into Sag and Venus into Scorpio. And, of course, the sun usually changes signs somewhere around the 20th, 21st, 22nd each month. And to have another planet changing signs just a few hours before then definitely creates a little bit of a planetary mood change. Uh, I sort of have mixed feelings about this, so I'm curious to hear what you girls, like I'm really happy for the sun to go into Sag, for instance, um, although that ha- comes with a catch this year. Uh, and then Venus into Scorpio, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm sort of in two minds about. So what are you girls thinking? Yeah, well, not long after the sun goes into Sagittarius, it will then kind of be, you know, within range of the south node signaling the eclipses i think that happens maybe around the 24th 25th i think it will then be within that 18 degree mark of the south node so that kind of is that what you mean like the sag debbie downer yeah i mean there's two things the um the sun in sag is ruled by jupiter and capricorn so Mm, there there is a muted quality to the sun Mm, in sag this year um at least until you know, like the 19th of December when we'll have two days of the sun in Sag and Jupiter in Aquarius. But for the most part, the sun in Sag yeah. has Jupiter in Cap. So there's there's the exuberance or the optimism or that sense of wanting to look forward of the sun going into Sag. But with Jupiter in Capricorn, it's it's there's a, there's an undertone of caution or hesitation mm. or it's not quite like if you think back to the sun in Sag period last year, the first part of it, only I think we had the first 10 days, Sun in Sag, Jupiter in Sag, and that was, you know, sort of the last of the really exuberant um, astro mm. vibes before Jupiter moved into Cap in early December 2019. So there's, mm. yeah, I think that the two things are the Sun in Sag this year is ruled by Jupiter and Capricorn. So there's a muted quality or whatever growth we're thinking about has to be more sustainable or long-term rather than just growth and adventure for the sake of growth and adventure. And then, yeah, being near the south node. And I think the closer the sun gets to the south node, we're going to see a little bit more of that agitating, churning, unsettled quality. That's a couple of weeks away. Um, so we're well into December when we get the sun very close to the south node for that vibe. Mm. Um, but it is. But I'm still looking forward to the sun going into Sag because having the sun in a sign ruled by Jupiter is just going to be you know, a little bit of a lift that even though it is moderated by these other factors, you know, I'll take it. Yeah. 2020, and I'll take a, all you, the best you've got to give. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And it's away from Pluto and Saturn and it's away from Mars as well. It's kind of, it's a bit of a break of like, yeah. Yeah, totally. Cass, were you going, were you um, like diving into your own piece there? Sorry, I know we we're like. Uh, no, no, that's okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I was sort of like with the sun and Sag, like there is kind of like, well, um. Jupiter's doing its last hurrah in Capricorn and it's sort of like, I don't know, I just was wondering like if maybe the sun in Sag just has a little bit of, it's like paving the way for that swan song for mm-hmm. for Jupiter. Like although I know from a technical standpoint, of course, like the sun is looking at a fallen Jupiter as its guide. But I yeah. was wondering if like the sun in Sag in some ways is almost enough like Jupiter in Capricorn's kind of 
well, I'm, I'm just hoping I has run out of gas by now. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, like, you know, really staring down the bar- barrel of what it looks like to be an Aquarius. And, like, the sun might be kind of like, hey, let me take you. And it just, you know, maybe I'm just grasping at straws of, you know, a little bit of Sag in our world right now. But, um, yeah, I guess it would just be one of those situations where we'll wait and see. Like, I mean, for some people, obviously, it's going to maybe play out like that. And then for other people, it might be the more, uh, you know, cautious optimism as we move forward. So it'll just be really interesting just to see how this Sag season goes. Um, You know, and even just in terms of like the festive season, the holiday season, you know, how things look for people, it's maybe not going to have that, you know, getting together for the holidays vibe as what we would normally get you know, and things like that. It's just going to be a really interesting period. You know, again, it's so much crossover. Still in the tunnel. Still in the tunnel. But the the Mm. end of the tunnel maybe is getting wider, perhaps. (laughs) <laughs> All the lights I don't getting know. Brighter. Brighter. We can't find our I don't know. <laughs> See, my, oh, my take on this leash. is that Ju- yeah. Jupiter's besieged right now. Like it's between Pluto and Saturn and it's almost like it doesn't have anywhere to move. And maybe when that gets further through this piece, which I think is it doesn't actually. It's not. <laughs> Although, yeah. I mean, it, it was held off by... Venus in in Libra for a little while, but I don't know. There's just this. I think I'm more on the cautious confidence side. The the sense yeah. that we're all a bit battered, we're a bit beaten, we're optimistic, but we're also very aware of where our bruises lie, and you know where we're our not going to be. Spots are. Yeah, we're not going to be launching into a a massive song and dance because we don't really have the energy. So let's just kind of hold hands and sing kumbaya instead. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I just, I think that, yeah, this, this Sag season will definitely be, and, and look at world events. I mean, you know, we're talking about whether or not people can actually even spend Christmas together, let mm. alone the normal Sag season, which is parties and frivolities and, and things like that. You know, people are going back into lockdown again and, and, and people are worried. Um, I think that online retail will be going ka Gangbusters. Gangbusters. But there is that sense of, okay, well, how can I spread the generosity, the optimism, the hope? And it's not in my normal way. So how can I find different ways to do this from a place of enclosure, you know, from from being between these these four walls? So, you know, maybe about, yeah, spending on a friend or a loved one over the internet, making lots of phone calls, doing the best in that way. But yeah, I know. Um I just think there is definitely that kind of, as you were saying, Cal, I think that muted quality of like there still is the reality of 2020 we're facing. It's definitely not like Sag season was this time last year. Mm. So, no. I can't even remember that now. I remember, <laughs> it was like five years I ago. remember airplanes and travelling. <laughs> <laughs> so do we even oh. want to talk about Venus in Scorpio? I mean, we will. We will. We will mm-hmm. talk about her. Yes, because we do need to before we wrap up today's show. Uh, so Venus into Scorpio, same day. So 21st, Sunday, November 21st. I know it's like still around the middle of the calendar month, but astro-wise it's like the start of Sag season, you know, Sagittarius month, and then Venus into Scorpio. 
So what do you guys think? So this is happening just six hours before the sun yeah. goes into Sag. Yeah, so Venus mm-hmm. goes first, yeah. Yeah, so that's Saturday everywhere, isn't it? And I think the sun into Sag is early morning Sunday here in Australia. It's, it's mm. right at sunrise Sunday, on the Sunday. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, hey, I'm the Venus in Scorpio, so I can go there. And look, Venus. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sorry, just made me laugh. <laughs> Just to throw back to my earlier comment, that's all. Yeah, there we go. Go there. there. Yeah. Yes, got it. <laughs> Love it. You know, and Venus in, Venus in Scorpio, she honours and values the shadows and the way mm-hmm. she wants to connect, how she loves, is in deep, intense ways. And this can be where we, in our relationships with others, where we're really able to open up and be vulnerable and in that space deepen. And I feel like, you know, this is a Mars ruled sign. So it does bring bravery and kind of that willingness to slice ourselves open a little bit so we can share with others of ourselves. I think there will be also an honouring of our value systems and similar to that theme that you were talking about earlier, Cass, with the Mars direct in Aries and the bushwhacking, Venus in Scorpio ruled by that Mars is going to take us into those places even more. It's like really below all the surface stuff, below all that I've lost this year. What have I still got? What do I still really value beyond what I've lost? So I don't know, as you said, she can go there. She can have those deep conversations and she can feel the loss that she's lost this year. And she can be willing to have deep conversations with others but that lead to a place of healing and lead to a place of deeper connection. I don't know. I, I always find as a Scorpio, sometimes it can be hard because you want to go in the deep places that nobody else does. And so it's a sense mm. that people want to be deep at this time. So make the most of it, you know, have those deep and meaningful conversations, talk to people about what's really going on underneath you. It doesn't have to be everyone, you know, Venus in Scorpio is extremely private, Bring those people that you feel loyal to and and trust with your life and share with them. Because if you can't share with them, can you even really be honest with yourself? Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Words from the wise. (laughs) Maybe words from the deep. Words from the deep. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. What about you gals? Look, I do, You were, when you were saying something there, Leisha, it reminded me that I often have a lot of compassion for people that have the moon or Venus in Scorpio because I feel like they are actually dealing with a lot of loneliness a lot of the time because mm. of what you were saying that Venus in Scorpio and moon in Scorpio people are so willing to go deep and deep in a way that's not always comfortable. You know, it's a Mars ruled water sign. So we get that sense of the discomfort of really honest or raw emotion, which is the full spectrum from kind of joy to pain. And Mm. when you've got like one of those sort of wet feeling planets in Scorpio, you're so familiar with that state that it's a surprise and can even be a shock that other people won't necessarily meet you there. And I think there is this loneliness factor of others aren't able to connect with me in a way that is really in the place that I want to connect with. And so I think 
there are, you know, some of the keywords that I always think of Venus in Scorpio come from that place of like, can we connect in this really deep, raw, real space? And there are truths that get kind of revealed or explored. And then issues about trust that can come up as well in terms of loyalty. You know, where do your true loyalties really lie, you know, in this heart Mm. of hearts kind of buried deep space? And of course, I also like everything in Scorpio right now, it does take me back to Mars in Aries where I think about, you know, this is Venus in Scorpio with Mars in Aries. So there's a desire to get into that depth, whether it's comfortable or uncomfortable, that discomfort of togetherness and to you know, do something from that place, whether it it takes you closer together, like maybe you clarify a goal that you're going to strive towards or whether it takes you further apart because the, you know, the energy there is actually more, you know, divergent rather than than together. So I think it's going to create a lot of deep reflection around Mm. loyalties and alliances and, you know, all kinds of relationships, not just our romantic sexual ones, but the loyalty between friends or the loyalty amongst family or even with colleagues. I think it's like, let's get into that deeper level. Um, What about you, Cass? Yeah, I was, uh, some of what you were saying, Leish, reminded me of another Sydney friend, another friend I met in Sydney who also happened to be a Scorpio. And I remember um, one time she described, you know, a friend's not really a true friend until you call them at 3 a.m., and you tell them you've done something really bad and they don't ask any questions. They just come to your aid and they really help you. <laughs> and it was just, you know, it, it was like the, um, if you're in that club, then, you know, you're like almost like mafia-like. And I always think of like Venus, Scorpio in general, as I think I've said this on this podcast before, like Robert De Niro, meet the parents. It's the circle of oh, trust yeah. and you're yes. either in, yeah, in the circle or you're out. And, you know, that that's that kind of, um, I think you've said it before, Leash, like uh, the Scorpio vibe runs off like a sonar and it's mm. it's unspoken but it's felt and you're either like in that circle or you're not. And sometimes it's not even verbal and you don't, even know but it's just that knowing and you know that can come through um you know meeting someone for the first time it can come through lots of places but I also see it come through when you know a relationship may have come to its ending and you're just and it can take a long time for you to you feel the feelings but they have to rise up and before you can verbalize them or intellectualize them And so when Venus goes down into this place, it's like she's figuring all these things out. What are her desires and what she truly values? And it's from the places that are unspoken um, as opposed to, you know, my terrain in Taurus. Like it's obvious the things that I value, but it's the things that are like, you know, on the other side of the zodiacal spectrum, it's the things that are intangible. And those things take time and they're dark places, but they're also very ripe and fertile places Mm. if you can spend enough time there. And that's, you know, those tracks that some angels won't go on, it's too intense or they're too scary or too full on. And, you know, those aren't your people. And that's where that real truth place of Scorpio, especially Venus and Scorpio comes from, 
Um, she really knows her worth in the same way I think that Venus and Taurus does, but it's in a different way. It's like what you're emotionally not going to put up with. So, yeah, I think, you know, again, the whole um, show, the 2020 show, um, again, it's another opportunity to really like what, what, I, what do you really value after everything that you've been through this year and what's important and what are you going to take away with you? What are you going to deepen and fertilize and nourish and grow? And what are you just going to like off with their heads kind of thing? So, um, yeah, I think that's uh, going to be a really interesting place to go as we kind of, you know, go through that tunnel a little, little further along. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Mm. I mean, my Venus in Scorpio loved those 3 a.m. conversations, you know, where everybody's had a bit to drink or done other things and they're willing to kind of get into the deep and the dark and the, you know, have the philosophical conversations about emotions and Mm. it feels like both of them are able, you know, we've got the sun in Sag and Venus in Scorpio. So we're talking about the deep stuff but with with some hope and with some optimism and with some philosophy of like, okay, what's possible? Where can we be more free of all of this? So a little bit of wine can solve the problems of the world with like that deep conversation and philosophizing and yeah. So you can get in the, yeah, I love that nitty gritties and philosophical conversation at the same time. Yep. Mm. So good. So that's the end of this show, I think. Was there more Astro we were going to talk about today? No, like that was, no I think we're at the it. end. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what have you gals got coming up this week, this month, this fortnight? What is it? <laughs> what, fortnight. what is this? Still 2020. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have lots. Um, let me make sure I say it properly. I have, I'm, I'm back, like this is sort of ta- start of a teaching block for me. So on November 14, I'm teaching a webinar called Aspects of Fortune and Favour, which is looking at aspects to do with Venus and Jupiter in the birth chart. And then on November 16, I start teaching a live four-week training about plotting your year ahead and looking at the astrology of the next 12 months. So it's a four-part course, live classes on Monday starting November 16, and we'll be looking at the two techniques. We'll be looking at annual perfections and also some uh, sneaky tips on monthly perfections, and then we'll be looking at 2021 transits. So the intention of this course is to give students the information they need and the space that they can use to help figure out what astrocycles will be at play for them over the next 12 months. So really looking at, you know, bringing the astro into the context of your personal life and journey. So yeah, I've got a fair bit going on. Obviously, now that Mars is direct, I can get out there and do things. (laughs) Uh, What do you girls have coming up? I've got a couple of things on too. I mean, I'll have my new moon workshop, of course, so that new moon magic is available for download. And um, yeah, so hop onto my website for that. And on the 16th, I also have my beginner's astrology starting. So that's on Monday nights here in Australia. So Monday's everywhere. Uh, and it's four weeks looking at the planet, five weeks looking at the planets. So yeah. Um, that's November that's 16th, it. Leash? Yes, it is. Okay, fantastic. What a great day to start yeah. a course. I love that. I know. I know. <laughs> great minds think Just alike. after the new moon, after Mars yeah. goes direct, we're living the astrology. <laughs> yeah, totally. Maybe on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Cass? <laughs> 
Uh, well, yeah, I'm in the Mercury and Scorpio Riders Den, so mm. six house for me. So I'm just busy, busy, busy. So I don't I'm not launching any new courses. Oh, I am, just not yet. So there's lots coming, but it's all uh, in the Scorpio pipeline for now. But you know, of course, there's always my Golden Circle and the back catalogue of um, courses and classes on the website too. Very cool. exciting. So well, thanks, gals. Thanks, gals. So yeah, we'd I love guess, to hear yeah. everyone's comments about how they're finding the astrology of this fortnight. We love reading all your comments each week. Mm. Excellent. So subscribe if you like the show wherever you're listening. Leave us a rating uh, wherever you're listening to a podcast that helps people find the show. And we'll see you all next time. For sure. Enjoy the uh, direct station. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See ya.